What's up, friends? And before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. So get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flower, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. That's mygreensolution.com. All right, Mace, let's talk some Broncos. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curves from mile high, the best part of the weekend. Hugging a perfect stranger as they become a friend. Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host, Zach Stevens. Today, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to remind you guys about the delicious Strava Craft coffee. And of course, it's beautiful coffee and the beautiful CBD benefits that come with it. It's really just a beautiful thing on this beautiful day in the Mile High City. So make sure you check out Strava Craft coffee. Helps with aches pains also wakes you up in the morning afternoon night whenever you need the coffee it is a perfect blend of cbd and coffee so make sure you check them out and when you do use the code dnvr20 to receive 20 percent off and estrava says drink deeply live fully mace are you living fully today I'm trying to <laughs> i need some strava craft coffee to wake myself up in the morning. I'm not really a morning person, per se. Really? I'm a. I'm definitely a night owl. Well, it's, a, it's a good mix. I'm a morning guy, so we blend well. And sometimes you stay up a little late, and sometimes that means you sleep a little later than you should, and sometimes <laughs> that means you shower a little later than you should, and sometimes that means because you're in the shower that uh, poor Zach on a cool morning is wearing shorts out <laughs> in front of your house, and you're not there to let him in because you're in the shower, because... You weren't a morning person and you woke up late and everything got pushed behind schedule. You, you know, I, I apologize. I probably deserve that because when I told my girlfriend that I was going to wear shorts today because it's supposed to be in the 60s today, but you know, it's 20 degrees out right now. She Dressed laughed for what at it me. is, not what it might be. <laughs> if there's ever an excuse to wear shorts, if I ever have a reason to, then I'll absolutely use that. But Mace, were you staying up late last night because you're watching that Monday night game? Well, that put me behind a little bit because... <laughs> yeah. I wanted to, after finishing the weekly mailbag, which you can find at thednvr.com, there's some curiously long answers in there from me, <laughs> I, I wanted to go back and uh, watch a little Vikings film before I went to bed. So everything got pushed back by the overtime game yep. between the 49ers and Seahawks. Even though, look, the 49ers lost on the scoreboard. Consider that they hung in there throughout the game, managed to force overtime without Emmanuel Sanders, yep. without George Kittle. You know, if I'm the 49ers, I'm actually encouraged by that game, even though it's a home loss to your division rival, and now you've opened up a path for 
the Seattle Seahawks because they're sitting there at eight and two. You're eight and one. Seattle actually is in complete control of its outcome in the NFC West because Do they play again. They play mm-hmm. again in Seattle. So the 49ers and Seahawks play in week 17. <laughs> Imagine if they both win out. You could have a situation where they're playing for the division title, the loser falling into the number five seed, which, by the way, I think is a really harsh penalty when you have an excellent division like that. I'm in favor of saying that the division title gets you into the playoffs, but it doesn't guarantee you a home game. Right. I completely agree. So, for example, back in 2011, under my plan, the Broncos at 8-8, eight and eight, hey, you would have made the playoffs, congratulations, but you would have <laughs> been going on the road for yep. the first round. Yep. So that's, I wouldn't have liked that. I was at that game. What a fun game. Yeah, you've changed Broncos history a little <laughs> bit by my idea. So yep. because of that, Broncos fans may say, well, we want no part of that one. <laughs> and may speak, speaking of Broncos, well, the good news about that is that would mean the Broncos-Raiders game wouldn't be flexed to, to prime time. That's true. In, we, in week 17. But speaking of, of Broncos in this game last night, I have a good friend that is a 49ers fan. And he feels the exact same way about his offense losing Emmanuel Sanders that the Broncos felt about their offense losing Emmanuel Sanders. And it really seemed like we were kind of watching how important Emmanuel Sanders is. Because when Emmanuel Sanders went out of that game last night, the 49ers offense struggled big time. They had two red zone touchdowns that were dropped after Emmanuel went out. They had two big plays that were dropped. One of them turned into an interception. Uh, And then plenty of times that... Jimmy G got sacked because he had so much time. Well, it was the Sanders no plus open. Kittle, though. Right. That, that's the thing. It was a deadly combination. You're losing your top two. It actually resembled the Broncos' offense down the stretch last year after yep. they had traded Demarius Thomas and lost Emmanuel Sanders to the Achilles injury. Yep. And it just hit more than a snag. It just was stuck in the mud in those last four games. And that's what the 49ers looked like last night. The other thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, he got some critiques. I mean, he could have been picked off two, three times there late in regulation or in overtime. I think what a game like that shows is that while Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback, he's probably in that Matt Ryan second tier of quarterbacks. Yeah as someone who can't elevate when they've lost a bunch of guys. like Aaron Rodgers is someone who can elevate mediocre receivers to play well. A game like that sort of demonstrates the difference, I would say, between Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo. Russell Wilson is an elite quarterback, and you saw it, and he made things happen on his own at times. Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo can't do it on his own. No, he, he he can't, and that's what $27.5 million gets you in today's NFL, Mace. Which is why <laughs> sometimes the best play is to just go young, spend the money elsewhere, right. and even though the 49ers, they, aren't, they are not in a cap crunch right now, and it's not the most onerous contract given all the space and flexibility the 49ers have, it's still... 
interesting to look at their situation and you can look at the Broncos and the Broncos have paid over the last couple of years they end up paying what uh 25 million dollars to Case Keenum <laughs> yep and they will have paid just under 19 million dollars to Joe Flacco and mm-hmm. so basically you've paid 44 million dollars for some mediocre quarterbacking the 49ers are paying a bit more Garoppolo's better than what the Broncos have had but still it shines a light on what is the value of quarterbacking that it, that is not at an elite level and why if you don't have the elite guy you're better off trying to develop somebody to become the elite guy mm. and save the money and speaking of which mace the broncos may be trying to do that right now with drew lock as happy drew vember is that what it is I think it's Drew Vember. Thanks. Lock Vember or Drew Vember? Lock Vember. Yep. Drew Vember. I knew Lock it was Vember. Drew Sember. What is the Thanksgiving one? Drew. Locksgiving. Locksgiving. Yep. 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 Locksgiving. We're almost there. And we're almost there on the field, but we're at Lock Vember, Drew Vember, whichever one you want to go with. We're there today because number three will be practicing today, Mace. What are your initial feelings? Well, Vic Fangio had his press conference on Monday, and he was asked what he needed to see from Locke, and he said, good quarterback play and that he belongs. <laughs> and then was asked whether you know whether you kind of know it when you see it, which you can say about a lot of other things. <laughs> He's like, yeah, really, that's the truth. <laughs> so it's kind of in that gray area to where you can find indications and say, oh, he's ready. Or you can find opposite indications and say, no, he's not ready. We're not going to get him out there. I think the one thing that rings true is that how the team does with Brandon Allen is going to have a lot to do with whether Drew Locke gets out there. And Vic Fangio indicated that. So basically, here's how I would read it. If the Broncos in the next two games lose both, and Brandon Allen falls to Earth like an asteroid captured by the Earth's gravity, (laughs) then, yeah, you're probably playing Drew Locke in early December, that home game is the Chargers. If Brandon Allen looks competent, then I could see Locke being activated, but only as the backup for the Charger game, and then the target date probably becomes... The Lions game in week 16 to get him that first start at home. This is a very weird and uncomfortable and confusing and lost situation for Broncos fans right now, Mace, because they are now they have been told by the head coach that if they want to see Drew Locke, they need their starting quarterback to do bad as well as the team. If they want the Broncos to win, then they're not going to see Drew Locke. We were pretty much told that by Vic Fangio. This is, Mace, we've talked about how, yeah, if you want to see Drew Locke, you, you probably want the team to lose. If you want that high draft pick, you want the team to lose. But now your head coach is pretty much telling you that this is the case. This is a very, very 
very weird situation to be in, especially when Broncos fans, when they're sitting in 0-4, they're okay with losing. You know, a lot of them pretty much accepted, okay, we're going to lose. Well, Mace, then they go 3-2 and two in their past five games. They're at the same position they were in last year. When Then, then they went on a three-game win streak and became 6-6 six and six and then had a shot at the playoffs. Now, I think there's a little more hope for Broncos fans this year, and it is such a weird situation. Well, we're they're in. not in the same position as last year because, remember, they started 2-0 and oh, and they got to 3-6, and six, so they lost five of six right so but they i were just trending in the wrong direction right they were trending in the wrong direction last year this year you could argue they're trending in the right direction because their defense is playing outstanding football it's you know right there in the top three of the league over the last five games so they're viewing it a little bit differently because they do have momentum in their corner because they are perceived to be rising a bit and this is the danger zach of being in that great muddled middle (laughs) basically kind of three and six to six and three now if you're six and three or or five and four uh, that's fine you're contending you're playing for it all that's fine three and six and four and five though is a really bad spot to be Mm -hmm. because you can fool yourself into believing that you've got a real shot. The chances are your chances, chances are your odds are slim of making it out of this, but you're clinging to that hope. I really think, as I'm looking at this, it's that eighth loss. When does the eighth loss come? Does the eighth loss come in Buffalo because you went 0-2 on this swing? Or does it come in Houston because you managed to steal an upset from Minnesota or Buffalo and then you beat the Chargers at home, which is eminently possible? And then, even then, are you going to tell Drew Locke, hey, kid, your first starts against Kansas City in Arrowhead. Good luck. Now, a part of him might be really excited about that, and certainly the Chiefs' defense is nothing to... You know, be scared by, even though it shut down the Broncos, in part because Joe Flacco was a statue back there. <laughs> but I don't think that's the one they want to give him. Well, and Mace, that's that's exactly what I want to ask you right now. We've talked about how you know Week 13 at home against the Chargers is a very realistic spot for him to play, especially if they lose their next two. We've talked about how if it's not that, it very well could be Week 16 against the Detroit Lions at home. That would be their next home game after the Chargers game. But Let's say they win one of their next two games. Then I agree with you. I think they're riding with Brandon Allen going into the Chargers game. Then let's say they lose that Chargers game. Then is it still week 16 when we see Drew Locke? Or because then they'll have that eighth loss. Or then is it starting him back to back road games? Here's what I think will happen. If they have that scenario, winning one of these two games here in this two game road swing and then losing to the Chargers. I think it'll be Drew Locks in the bullpen warming up. Mm. And if they struggle early, it'll be an in-game change. Yep. And that takes a little bit of pressure off. Then it's not as hard to go into a road territory and do that. You know, another thing that would take pressure off, and you don't want to see this, if Brandon Allen got hurt. Right. If Brandon Allen being thrown to the wolves a little bit behind a still shaky offensive line... Vic Fangio did not sound optimistic about Jawan James playing in Minnesota. So <laughs> as he has in all year. You've looks like you're in for another Sunday of Garrett Bowles at left tackle yep. and Elijah Wilkinson at right tackle. 
and no backups behind him. Nowhere to turn to. You don't count Jake Rogers. What does Calvin Anderson have to do to get a jersey? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I mean, the guy can solve a Rubik's Cube behind his back. He's a rookie. He's got some potential. You brought him in for a reason. Why hasn't he gotten a jersey? Why hasn't he gotten a look? Again, it's part of the whole thing. It's so baffling with Garrett Bowles and really frustrates some guys in that locker room right now. Is he's doing all the bad things he's done in the three weeks leading up to the bye. According to Pro Football Focus, he led all NFL offensive tackles in pressures allowed. In the past three weeks? Yes. Up to the bye? Wow. So while he has fewer holding penalties than he did at the start of the season, he's allowing more pressures. <laughs> Not it's a like, good combo. Again, it's the leaky boat syndrome. You plug one <laughs> hole and then another pops up. With Garrett, Garrett Bowles is a human manifestation of LBS, leaky boat syndrome. And we're not just talking about little leaks. We're talking about, I mean, the foundation of this boat is falling apart in the front. Well, I think uh, Matt McChesney has a a term for what happens when a player gets beat. Basically, you're yelling at the quarterback, oh, bleep, basically. <laughs> and that's happened more than a few times in the last three games. Actually, most prominently happened on the 75-yard touchdown pass to Noah Fant where Garrett Bowles just gets beaten by Olivier Vernon and yeah. Allen, to his credit, delivers a nice throw under the threat of being napalmed in the next week by <laughs> Olivier Vernon. So so what if he does get hurt, which of course we're, we're, we're touching wood and we're not hoping for, but should Drew Locke be the backup this week? No. Not this week, not yet. Will he be the backup this week? No. I agree. Now, but what, one of the things that's interesting, though, and we've had a lot of debate and discussion about the details of injured reserve rules. Mm. Now, Tim Patrick, he has been practicing. Everything still seems on target for him playing Sunday, but they want to get this week to evaluate him. So... Vic Fangio mentioned that Locke is one of the is determined as one of the two they can bring off injured reserve, but it doesn't mean he'll be activated. Yeah. But then the question becomes can you denote somebody else or have you used those two designations already? Right. And are you, pardon the pun, locked in? <laughs> which means have you officially ended theoretic's season? Right. And tenure with the Broncos potentially. And yeah. have you shut down Jake Butt officially for the rest of the season? Yeah, Butt's not coming back. Yeah. That, um, I found it interesting that they kept that door open for so long because mm -hmm. there was never any indication I received that Jake Butt was going to play again this year. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite understand that, except maybe to kind of do him a favor and give him some hope rather than sticking him, him on IR before the cuts. And also, as what turned out, the Broncos weren't really attached to the back end of their roster anyway right? because of all the moves they made in that week after cuts. So I think that was more a favor to him to kind of give him some hope, sustain it for a little while. But given the fact that he'd had the knee injuries in the past, there was no indication that he was ever going to come back this season. Yep, yep, you're 100% right. So Mace, when does Drew Locke become the backup or is he ever the backup? Does he go from IR to starter? 
He goes from IR to starter if the Broncos lose these two games to Minnesota and Buffalo, lose them decisively in their offense. Looks like a jalopy in need of retreat to the garage for repair. <laughs> the I wheels love- are coming off. There's a couple of busted pistons. You've got some transmission issues. At that point, you're like, okay, why not? Let's see what the kids got. Throw them out there. I love the nomenclature you use there. Did I use that right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and so it's not complicated nomenclature. I mean, we could start getting into the details of an engine <laughs> and then it could be complicated like the Broncos offensive nomenclature. <laughs> See what I did there? Boom. <laughs> and Mace, I agree with you about Drew Locke not really ever being the backup, especially if they lose one or both of these games, but the question is why? Why 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 is Brett Rippin better suited as a backup or does it have nothing to do with him being better suited he's better suited for these two games because Locke hasn't practiced in two months that's what it's all about but (laughs) you're not invested in Brett Rippon you have a second round investment in Drew Locke Brett Rippon that's not going to keep you from drafting a first round quarterback now, a second-round pick shouldn't keep you from drafting a first-round quarterback, but it could. You need data on Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Because you need something to evaluate him in comparison with Justin Herbert, Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason, Tua Tagovailoa, and, of course, <laughs> Joey Brilliant. Joey Burrows. <laughs> Sometimes I wake up dreaming of him. <laughs> I bet you do. No, and I'm, I'm kidding. Those should be, uh, those should be nightmares. I'm dreaming of uh, <laughs> Joey Burrows. Well, you better keep dreaming of him because that's as close as he's going to come to Denver, is in your dreams. Yeah, he's going to be a Bengal. Poor guy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, if a quarterback goes to a non-functional situation... Sometimes you don't ever really know what he could become. Yep. So that's that's part of everything. Here's an alternate history. What if Tom Brady doesn't go work with Bill Belichick? What if Tom Brady is drafted by Chris Palmer and the Cleveland Browns back in 2000? What if the Browns draft him instead of Spurgeon Wynn? Hmm. That's who they picked in 2000, right? One of their many quarterbacks over the years, Spurgeon Wynn. No way. Yes. Oh, my God. First of all, it's a great name, Spurgeon Wynn. It's close to Sturgeon. It's like a fish. It is. And you got Wynn in the name? W-Y-N-N. That's the problem. Mm, That's that's an L. They picked Tim Couch, of course, the year before, but situations, where players go. It's it's just kind of fascinating to do the what if. Yeah, Spurgeon Wynn went with pick number 183. He went to Southwest Texas State. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and then Tom Brady was out? Tom Brady was the next quarterback at 199. That's a fun draft to look back at, by the way, because wow. the quarterbacks in the draft, you started off with Chad Pennington, first quarterback off the board at number 18, and he had a good career to the Jets. Gio Carmazzi from Hofstra <laughs> went to the 49ers in round three, second quarterback off the board. Chris Redman from Louisville, third round to Baltimore. Actually, there's an example of what is now a day two pick who 
was on the bench for a couple of years, first behind Tony Banks and Trent Dilfer in the Ravens' 2000 Super Bowl season, then behind Elvis Gerback in 2001. And in 02, they decided, let's give Chris Redman a shot. And they had what was their only losing season in, I believe, a I believe it was a seven or a six year stretch from ninety nine to 04. The only sub five hundred season they had was with Chris Redman as quarterback. And that's the sort of thing you worry about if you kind of don't play Drew Locke and then you finally uh, get him out there for the second year and you find out okay, he's not the guy. The second year or third year and find out, okay, he's not the guy. And then after Chris Redman, you had Team Martin, Peyton Manning's successor at Tennessee. Didn't amount to much as a pro. Mark Bolger succeeded Kurt Warner in St. Louis. He had some moments. Then Spurgeon win, and then finally Tom Brady. Tom Aww. Brady behind all those guys. And the Broncos picked a quarterback that year, too. Can you name him? No. Trivia time. Nope. The Broncos quarterback that they picked in 2000 was Jarius Jackson. Oh, what win? What Seventh pick? round, 214. Well, hey, at least they uh, they couldn't use that pick on Tom Brady. He was gone. Uh, but yeah, so situation matters is what I'm saying. Um, and frankly, for Drew Locke, is this the right situation if he gets out there later this year? At the same, on the one hand, you need to know. You need to find out what you got. But on the other hand, is this the best situation for him? Probably not, but you're never really going to have a great situation for a young quarterback, as as we've talked about. And uh, it doesn't matter at, at this point because, Mace, you got to find out. And you know what? If he's not, that's only going to help you in getting closer to any of those five or six quarterbacks that we talked about. Or, you know, I don't think John would go the Jalen Hurts route, but maybe that gets you a little closer to that as well. I could see Vic Fangio liking Jalen Hurts. Mm, I could, too. I could, too. But Boy, I don't think imagine, it's Vic's call. I was going to say, could you imagine Vic having the call on a quarterback? That would be fascinating because, as we've talked about, the quarterbacks that have succeeded on teams that Vic Fangio has coached in the last decade are Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith, Mitchell Trubisky. All of them were dual threat guys. All of them were fleet of foot. Joe Flacco was not fleet of foot. Yep. Vic was familiar with him from back in uh, 08, 09 when he was in Baltimore as the linebacker coach. Brandon Allen has a little bit of escapability, but nobody is calling him fleet of foot. He just looks mobile because of what you're comparing him with before. (laughs) You had a garden gnome back there, except this garden gnome was tall. A a slug is faster than a garden gnome. I'm not saying Brandon Allen's a slug, but he's faster. A tortoise? Sure, a tortoise. (laughs) So what's Drew Locke then in in this equation? How fast is he? Is he the hair? He's Usain Bolt <laughs> in this equation. He can fly. Brett Rippon isn't really a runner. Right. No, no, he's not. He's not. And maybe that's why this is a good situation for him, Mace, is Rich Gangarello has probably been just dying having to watch Slow Joe back there. Maybe <laughs> he would love to unleash Drew Locke and love to utilize his mobility to, to his maximum extent. The other thing is, Rich Gangrello did say that he 
kind of tweaked the offense a little bit for Brandon Allen. I don't think he tweaked the nomenclature, but he tweaked the points of emphasis. What would he tweak for Drew Locke? You'd Is there more lot. shotgun? Like, I know they want Drew Locke to learn how to operate under center, but I think that's something you do over time. If Drew Locke gets out there, I want to see him given a game plan that he can work with, given points of emphasis that he can succeed with. And that means throwing Locke out there on the shotgun. More shotgun looks than you'd like. Look, I know it's not like the shotgun is forbidden in the West Coast scheme. It's just not something right. they want to use as often. Right. But we've seen it work with RG3. Why can't it work with Drew Locke? Yeah. Some RPOs. It can. It can work. You just have to be willing to do that. And will the Broncos be willing to do that with a guy who they are just, they're doing weird stuff with too already? Will they be willing to do that in week 16? Or will they just say, oh, let's just see if he can run our typical offense. We only have two weeks left anyway. Sort of like how they threw Paxton Lynch out there in... 2016, and I'm not saying Paxton Lynch. I'm not going to defend him here. But they threw Paxton Lynch out there, and they said, run the offense. Mm -hmm. And he was so ill-suited for that. One thing I will give Bill Musgrave credit for is when he threw Paxton Lynch out there in 2017, that finale against Kansas City after he came back from the ankle injury, it was a simple game plan. It was dumbed down. Mm Mm-hmm. But at least it allowed Paxton Lynch to find a, a measure of comfort. Paxton Lynch did not embarrass himself that day. It's true. Was he the long-term answer? No. But he didn't embarrass himself that day. And the maybe Broncos that's where, didn't embarrass him. Right. And maybe that's where you start. Right. Give Drew Locke a game plan that he can run right now. If you're going shotgun 75% <laughs> of the time, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one's Let gonna, him get comfortable. It's no, okay. No one's going to blame you to playing to your quarterback's strengths. And Mace, there was one other thing that Vic said about Drew Locke yesterday. What have we heard from Vic, from John, from Drew two weeks ago when we talked to him that there's a plan. There's a plan in place. Drew trusts the plan. Vic's just following the plan. John's following the plan. I know where you're going with this. And then yesterday, Vic said, oh, there's no plan. The quote was, no, it's not mapped because he was asked if they're mapped is there a mapped out plan. No, it's not mapped because it's going to be determined by how he looks and what he thinks. <laughs> oh no! So now <laughs> they're just feeling it along as they go. Yep. There isn't a a firm plan. Yep. yep. Oh, so what Vic told us yesterday was alive. there was a plan or there was a quote unquote plan to getting him oh. back to practice. Now there's no plan, and to me, Mace, that means whatever the Broncos want, they're going to be able to give that message because we get to watch practice. We'll watch Drew throw a football today, but that's about as far as we get. We don't get to see him go up against the defense and see how many reps he's getting and see if he's making right reads, good throws, good plays. No, we see him toss a football to you know a, a trainer that catches it. That's what we'll get to see today. But still, stay tuned to both of our Twitters today oh. for that excellent video coverage. But what I mean is the Broncos are going to be able to control the narrative 100% with Drew Locke. Yeah. So it's what they want it to be. Yep. If Drew Locke isn't playing well, then he's not going to be out there. Nope. 
If he is practicing well, then he'll get a chance. But yeah, not mapped out. Oh. <laughs> and Mace- How do you not have a, a, a map, a kind of a guideline that says, okay, we want him to hit certain markers yeah. each week. That's what, I, that's what I hope they have. That's a map. That's a roadmap saying, okay, by the end of this week, we want him doing X amount of snaps. And by the end of Buffalo practice week, we want him getting some snaps with the ones. We want him being able to you know, go through a progression in a certain way. We want his footwork to be at a certain level. That's what I want to know. I, I'm curious to see if Rich Gangrello has some more specifics on this when he talks on Thursday because that answer, no, it's not mapped. <laughs> the thing with Vic Fangio is he's a he's an honest guy, mm-hmm. as honest as I've seen from a head coach. And sometimes that means some things slip out that you don't want to hear. Right. This is one of them. <laughs> yep. And I was going to say, you, you, you are curious to see what Rich, says, what Rich says. Man, I hope he says, yeah, we have this plan in place or else, boy, if no one has a plan for him, then to me, that just says he's not the guy and we don't really care what he does or doesn't do because we've seen enough behind the scenes. Well, already. the thing is they're going by kind of feeling. Yeah. Like Vic Fangio said, you'll know it if you see it. Yep. <laughs> I admit I'm not a feeling guy. I'm a I'm a data guy. You're a facts guy, as we yes, know. Exactly. I want facts. It's kind of existing in this hazy ether here. And, you know, there was a line in all the president's men from Deep Throat. He talked about how he didn't like newspapers because he didn't like in a, in a he talked about how he didn't like newspapers because he didn't like inexactitude. Mm. And I don't like this situation because I don't like the inexactitude <laughs> right. of it. Yep. Yep, exactly. We're going to be uh, following whatever they want. There's going to be, it's just going to be the company line. And that's what everyone's going to have to go off with that. And that's going to drive some people crazy. Well, I think it's going to drive people crazy because this is very much a. Trust us. Yeah. And I don't think the public, the body politic of Broncos country is particularly trusting in general right now of how things are being handled could they have in brought, this regard. Could they have brought Drew back five weeks ago to start practicing? Couldn't they have brought him back week six? Yes. Or I guess technically that was leading up to week seven. And this is leading up to week After week four six. weeks. And, and but that's remember, why people wouldn't they didn't want to do it the Kansas City week because it was a short week. I get right. that. Right. But then you have a couple of full weeks that you can work with. But it's like they're it's like they're focused on the 21 days that like you have up to 21 days because you could say, well, you know, if he starts practicing, you know, before the Colts game, then he gets seven days that week, but he, and he gets seven days leading into the Browns, but then he doesn't get seven days a week after that because we're on a bye. It's like they, it's almost like they use the bye as an excuse. Yep, and and they just use everything as, as an excuse. Which is what you do when you're trying to hide something, <laughs> which is right. worrisome. Now, I, I don't get any indication they don't like Drew Locke. Right. But I do wonder if they're trying to protect him. I think that yeah, the, the the word I use is weird. 
it's weird because weird can, I guess, kind of be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. Well, and also, you look in Washington, they're getting a look at Dwayne Haskins for half a season here. You look at Cincinnati, they're getting a look at Ryan Finley for the entire second half of the season. Yep. These organizations are fountains of incompetence. <laughs> and yet, it appears that they're handling their quarterback situations with a with the young quarterbacks with a little more decisiveness than the Broncos are. At the same time, again, Washington has what? One win? Yep. The Bengals have none. Part of being three and six, four and six, two and five, whatever your record is in that realm, is that you can talk yourself into believing, man, we got a shot. Yep, exactly. We don't have to do this. We can kick the can down the road. Sometimes you just have to accept whatever comes. Look, Mike Shanahan in 2006 probably cost the Broncos a playoff by changing from Jake Plummer to Jay Cutler. Mm -hmm. But it's not a decision I agreed with, but he had a conviction about that scenario saying that he didn't think that they could win in the playoffs with Jake Plummer. So they had to take a shot with Jay Cutler and see what he got to see if that upside would translate into something more dynamic than they had. That was bold. Yep. What I see here is quite the opposite. <laughs> it's exactly true, Mason. If you are just as frustrated, just as confused, or if you're excited about Drew Locke returning, well, I have the perfect thing for you, and that is the Hop Peak IPA from Breckenridge Brewery. It's good when you're confused. It's great when you're excited, just like a lot of people are about Drew Locke returning to practice. And Hop Peak IPA from Breckenridge Brewery is pretty much the most classic Colorado beer you can get. There's some pine flavor in it. There's some citrus thrown in there. And, of course, it punches you in the mouth with some delicious hops. It's great. It's it, I think of it as the mountain beer. You know, anytime you throw pine in it, I just am taken right to the mountains. And then, of course, an IPA, it's getting chilly out, so it's got a, a little more punch to it. You need that when you're in the cold mountains in Colorado. So make sure that whether you're in the Colorado mountains or whether you're in a on a beach in Florida, that you grab the Hot Peak IPA. It's one we haven't talked about a lot, but it's because now we're really coming into that weather. This crisp, cold weather is perfect for the delicious Hot Peak IPA. And because it does pack a bit of a punch, you may need to check out Vita Mobile IV the day after having some Hot Peak IPAs from Breckenridge Brewery. And we've had our experience with having a few too many Hot Peak IPAs. In fact, Ryan Koningsberg, our guy RK, had one too many or maybe just the right amount uh, a few weeks ago. And he called Vita Mobile IV the next day and they came to his rescue. And I mean, they really came to his rescue. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. They come to wherever you are, they hook you up to an IV, and they help you feel better from a rough night out. Or they prepare you for whatever your day has in store. So make sure you check them out. 
Download their app, Vita Mobile IV, request a skilled IV drip therapist, sit back and relax because they come to you. And don't forget to use the promo code HYD20 to save 20% off your first IV drip. That's VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's HYD20 to save 20%. All right, Mace, let's hear from the people. Yes, as always, we take it to the people. This is your podcast as much as it's ours. Let's start with DJC15. Well, boys, this weekend is going to be an interesting one down here in Fort Worth, Texas for me. Haha, ha. Not, only, not only do we have the Broncos game Sunday, but I have a first date with a great gal. We are going to pluckers to watch the game together. Haha, <laughs> ha. please let the football and dating gods be kind Sunday. Also, so excited for Locke to finally be back at practice after being healthy on IR since week three. Hey, DJC15. Okay. Um, A first date with a Broncos game on, and you're a Broncos fan. Is this a side of yourself that you really want to show on a first date? Now, if you guys have been friends before and you're taking it to another level, then... She probably knows you're a Bronco fan. That's awesome. But if it's somebody that you're not really that sure of, let's say it gets testy. It gets emotional. You find yourself yelling at the television, perhaps. (laughs) Is this the side that you want to see? Or maybe do you think, okay, she appreciates the passion. That's possible. (laughs) But she may also be a little bit turned off by it. She may think, oh, it's just a game. So there's a lot going on here. You know, when I was in the dating realm, I never took first dates to games of any kind for a lot of reasons. If it Wise. was a team that I cared about, again, it's the emotional reaction. I could get too drawn in. Like I'm yelling at the umpire or something like that. She thinks I'm some kind of psycho. A baseball game, if I'm neutral about, well, let's say you got the first date and you find you run out of things to talk about. Then by the third <laughs> inning, it's just you're sitting there blankly. No, no, no. So I congratulate you. I hope you. I hope it goes well. Let's just say I'm a raging skeptic about the first date involving a Bronco game. But good luck, DJC15. We're just raging skeptics about how your date's going to go. No, not about how your date's going to go. Uh, about I think, the venue. Hey, maybe, I mean, get, get her to Starbucks on Friday night or something here. <laughs> just kind of, you know, find out a little bit more before you are willing to commit to having her see you in such a potentially, I wouldn't say fragile, but rankled state if things go wrong or even if things go right. I mean, you're not like a David Putty, are you, on Seinfeld? You know, yeah, we're the devils. We're the, we're the Broncos. Yeah. Painting your face. Got to show support for the team. So I don't know. Anyway. Good luck to you, DJC15, <laughs> but let's just say I'm skeptical. But we want a full report when you get done we with do. us. We do. We do. Anyway. Maybe he's really taking the three and six to heart and just knows the season's over. Perhaps. Maybe he wants them to lose. Yeah. And then what, <laughs> if she's not a football fan, why do you want your team to lose? That makes no sense. Right. <laughs> and then you have to explain the whole draft process and all that. See, college football doesn't have that. Right. doesn't help you to lose unless you're trying to get a coach fired. That's true. So, Count Locula. The beauty of Andrew Mason does not start and stop with his ability to easily recall Broncos schedules and scores from 19 years ago, though this is a part of his glory and majesty. It also includes the complexity of his opinions 
we seem to get more impassioned by the day with his newfound journalistic freedom at DNVR. To that end, who, Mace, are your top five most annoying players to watch all time? And who were your top three most annoying to cover as a journalist? Zach and RK, let's hear yours too, please. Love the count. Wow. Okay, if it's any sport, probably four of the top five annoying players to watch were Duke basketball players. <laughs> and then the other guy on that list would be Melky Cabrera for his one season with the Atlanta Braves, my least favorite Atlanta Brave <laughs> by a wide margin. <laughs> Just a detestable person, was out of shape. And then he leaves, gets on the juice, makes himself some money. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't stand him couldn't stand the lack of effort everything from him yeah tell me how you really feel about him but let's see top five or top three most annoying to cover I'm gonna go I'm gonna oh. go just to watch and I'm gonna pretty much take the route you did you said four Duke basketball players mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say pretty much the Golden State Warriors okay I can't stand why watching Steph Curry what do you have against Steph uh, Curry he celebrates a three three minutes into the game like he just won the NBA championship and I, I like the enthusiasm but then again I watched Steph Curry back at Davidson in person so oh uh, I can't I go back a little bit in terms it. of observing Steph Curry Draymond Green I can't stand him in his antics and then you can just throw Kevin Durant. So you weren't too. a fan of Benny Fowler's bromance with Draymond Green, his old Michigan State guy? No, I was not. Okay, let's see. I, I don't really want to do the most annoying to cover because, <laughs> I don't know. That may still seems be a covering harsh. some of them. Who knows? Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I'll say this. I have never been a fan of the Broncos' offensive line yeah, and their policy of finding each other for talking to the media, getting a quote in, this is something that goes back to the mid-1990s. One of the things I loved most about working in Carolina and covering the Panthers is that they didn't have that kind of BS thing on offensive linemen. Yeah. And those guys would talk. And the thing is, offensive linemen are actually the most informed guys on the team. Yeah, If you want to know what's going on, you go to the line. Yep. And even if I was writing a story about a receiver, a defensive back, whoever, I would always end up going to one of the offensive linemen for a little bit of background and a little little vignette yep. in Carolina. Yep. They had guys like Jordan Gross, Brian Khalil, who's still in the league with the Jets, uh, Travell Wharton. These guys were all great quotes, and they were really smart. And I, Jordan Gross is now a, one of the Panthers radio game day analyst so Hmm. not surprising that he ended up going that route and we don't have that as much in Denver because they have this bull plop thing about oh if you get a quote in a paper we're going to find you this if you're on TV we're going to find you that and they have to be available now per NFL regulation if they didn't have that they wouldn't be and it's it's something that goes back to the mid 1990s and I'm just honestly I think it makes our jobs harder, but also I think it doesn't help the fans because I think you learn less about these guys. Yep. And you learn and get less insight from them. And I'll say this, I think I think people would go a little bit easier on the offensive line if they were a bit more open to talking on a regular basis. And and how about this? A lot of people uh tagging us on social media this week of Taylor Lewan. Coming out and saying, uh-huh. before we say anything, 
I just want to say my penalties are terrible. I'm hurting the team instead of, you know, Garrett Bowles not he, talking or Garrett Bowles uh, defending himself. People were Denver fans were furious seeing Taylor Lewan be so honest like that because well, they just knew they wanted that so bad. From and their he got own out attack. in front and there have been some there saying, oh, he's just acting his grandstanding, you know. I think he's just getting out in front of the questions that he knows are coming. Yeah. And taking ownership of it. No 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 excuses from him and really quick mace on this. Yeah. That's another reason why Dalton Reisner is so beloved and people are just going right. to love him even more and more is because he is not really following these offensive line rules but of you not also talking to the see media. sometimes Ron Leary kind of glaring at him. Yeah, and that and that's, it's like, that's, come on, man! You need this old. You need or you need the old. Like, oh, with well, the other, I can't. You know, sometimes he'll turn down a chance to talk because he knows how it might be perceived in that room. Maybe Dalton Reisner is the one to change that. I think he is. I, I, I hope. I really so. think he is because this has gone on for nearly a quarter century now. It's frankly, I think it's unprofessional. Okay. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, and look, it's you could be without Garrett Bowles next year. You could be without Ron Leary next year. Juwan James hasn't really been ingrained in that you got to get yeah. out yeah you got to get out of that culture you got to get out of that and dalton reisner that's another reason why he's so great all right next one coming in from bumpy buffalo hey gents great content as usual and i want mace to publish a book of just the random crap stuffed in his head and call it encyclopedia mace i can see the 2 a.m infomercial now a 75 second plug in between a blender spot and dead tone two trailer with mace zach steve and rk making cameos don't forget i've got a role for peyton manning (laughs) you guys have talked a lot about bridge and band-aids but i have a but i was asked a question by my five-year-old that blew my mind with mason rudolph playing the way he is could elway target big ben could his incentive to be that Big Ben gets to wear number seven. Would you take him? She is eager to hear your response. Great question by a five-year-old, wow. by the way. I'm so impressed, Bumpy Buffalo. Yeah. Maybe it's the off-field stuff that's in his past. I don't want him any part of Big Ben. Would John? Maybe. Boy, what would it take to trade for him? Is it a oh. first-rounder? Is it... Two first rounders? Is it a second? Probably a one. A one? Even at his age, a one. This is something I can see. And give you I'm giving all uh, the credit to your five year old because but I, also I did not don't think, think about Mason this Rudolph before. is that great. Well, that's Pittsburgh what, that's what beat I was trying the, to look yeah, up. Pittsburgh oh. beat the Rams Sunday because of their D. Mace. What? He's got eleven touchdowns to four picks. He's better than what you got right now. What's his passer rating? 93. Okay, that's average for mm-hmm. a starter. Mm-hmm. QBR? 41. Below average? Yep. Yeah. If I'm the Steelers, I'm probably hanging on to Big Ben. But I'm thinking about it. If that, there's an offer. But I wouldn't give up. I would not give up a first-round pick for Ben Roethlisberger, and I think that might be the price. I wouldn't do it. What if the Broncos are... They win a couple more games and they're sitting at 15. You're too far. You're too far away. And just being realistic, John Elway doesn't want any of the guys that are sitting there at 15 or in the second uh, second half of the first round. Boy, oh, this is an interesting name to keep an eye on. You got to see how the Steelers do down the stretch. But the other thing with Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, his age comes into play as well. 
he's taken a lot of hits over the years. John doesn't care about either of those, I don't think. Well, boy, I just I I'm not saying it's the right move, but that is very much a John Elway move. Whew, that is an interesting one. Great question, Bumpy Buffalo. Yeah. Next one coming in. Oh, wow. Wow. We got a long one. Next one coming in. From the big Tabowski. Is that how we're going? Or are we going Tebowski? Yeah. It's Tabowski. Tabowski. Hey guys, another Broncos fan from the UK here and just subscribed. Welcome to the fam. I fell in love with American football and specifically the NFL when my best mate, who got me into the NFL a year prior, asked me to make up the numbers in his fantasy league. I did it as a bit of fun, knowing nothing about what I now call football which really annoys the soccer fans over here. I bet it does. I have been really, I had been lucky enough to go skiing in Vail in the early 90s, so only picked Broncos players for my fantasy team and decided then I was a Broncos fan. Anyhow, I was flicking through the TV one evening and heard the name of one of my fantasy players right as I switched channels, Javon Walker, if I recall. I had no idea what was going on, but by the end of the game, I had worked out the basics and in just a few weeks, I was hooked and it quickly became the main part of my life. The only down side so far is my best mate is a Chargers fan. Yuck. And my wife is a Seahawk. Double yuck. I am still not over Super Bowl 48 and I am not sure I will ever be. That would that wound cut deep. I was an avid watcher of Broncos TV for many years and listener to NFL po- to other NFL podcasts, but was searching for a Broncos-specific pod and found you guys. A few weeks later, Mace joined, and it was nice to hear a friendly voice. Since then, I haven't missed a single pod. Yes, Zach's laugh me- nearly made me stop the first time I listened, but now I find it makes me laugh too so much, I use Z-A-C as my code. Sorry, RK and Mace. I oh, think maybe I you should talk that. to some of the people who comment on on uh, iTunes who don't like Zach's laugh. <laughs> yes, I need all the all the love and support. That's why it means a lot. Use my code. Maybe I've just gotten used to it, I, but I'd never found it annoying even before. I, I don't know. I'm I, I understand that people find it annoying because I listen back and I'm like, man, that is annoying. I'm like, should I stop? But then I hear comments like this and it keeps it keeps the laugh It's a going. natural reaction. <laughs> right. Ex- just be you. <laughs> right, exactly. I appreciate that, Mace. Anyhow, my apologies to the listeners and you three for my stupidly lengthy introduction. It was five times as long, but I felt I should give an intro before I delve deep into questions about tactics, personnel, ownership, and management. If my fingers recover from this lengthy post, it might be later tonight, otherwise later in the week. Thanks for all this amazing content. You three provide a great balance of different angles, and I find myself chuckling and chattering at my radio on my one-hour commute to work every day keep up the great work go broncos one hour commute wow uh you taking the train probably i would imagine because the rail service is much more robust yeah in britain than it is over here yeah it is well welcome to the family the big tabowski yeah we appreciate thank you big tabowski glad you're on board Mm -hmm. with us and glad that we're on board with you for your commute (laughs) yes crazy maniac hey fam i was curious to see if you guys played football or any high school, college sport, for that matter, at a younger age. If you did, what position? Were you any good? I was in track and field and scholar bowl. Looking back, I wish I was more interested in the game of football at the time, but I never found my love until high school. Much love and respect, Skyler. Crazy Maniac, I did play football just in high school, though. Didn't play before, didn't play after. My size kind of limited what I was able to do, but I would I would call myself a uh, shutdown corner, we'll yeah. say. I played uh, <laughs> basketball and soccer. Hmm. Um, my parents weren't real keen on me playing football, and then yeah. by the time the opportunity came, I was in a magnet school, and I literally had like an hour bus ride each way every day, and so schedule-wise, football really didn't fit into it. So, I mean, I played a lot of 
you know, football with friends and all yeah. that. And but as far as organized football, no, it was basically it. It was basketball and soccer for me. Yeah, middle middle school and elementary school, I played flag p- football, and that that was my game because yeah, you didn't you didn't have to play a lot of I, that. I wasn't really into tackling. So good question though, crazy maniac. Next one coming in from McCaffrey Addict. Is that what we're going for? Did I say that right again? Well, he gets into that here. Oh, listen, I kind of expect Zach to butcher my username as badly as he did, but I'm disappointed in you, Mace, for not swooping in to save the day. Ed McCaffrey is my favorite Broncos player of all time, and I was definitely not expecting that one to go over both of your heads. No, I definitely got it, but it's not... It's not... You don't spell it McCaffrey. That That's the thing. I, <laughs> I, I was focused on the... E-I-N-E, like in caffeine. Yeah, me, me so too. So that's why I zoomed in on that rather than the reference to Easy Ed McCaffrey. <laughs> exactly. I was also half expecting a well-timed fl- plug for that CBD ca- caffeinated coffee or whatever it is. Strava. Strava Craft Coffee. Use the code DNVR20 for 20% off. Drink deeply, live fully. <laughs> now to football. Is there something to be said that since 2000, my Manning, the Manning brothers are the only quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl that were drafted top five? Even further, only four of the 11 quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl since 2000 were even selected in the top 15. When their Super Bowl winning quarterbacks like Brady, Breeze, and Wilson, who weren't even selected in the first round, trading three first-round picks for the equivalent value of the lottery ticket seems silly to me. It's almost like football is a team sport. Thoughts? I think part of it is that you're in an era in which Tom Brady is the ultimate unicorn. Yeah. Yep. And saying, well, everyone but the Mannings, well, the, the Mannings, you know, they, they're responsible for that, for those Super Bowls. But also, look at who Tom Brady's teams have beaten okay now start with Kurt Warner there's the ultimate outlier undrafted free agent Jake DeLome another uh, guy who was undrafted but both Kurt Warner and Jake DeLome came from the ranks of NFL Europe you used to have that back way of developing quarterbacks that doesn't exist right now and I wish it would come back then you get toward the rest of Brady's time the rest of his Super Bowls beats Donovan McNabb McNabb was a top three pick. Loses to Eli and loses to Eli. Beats Russell Wilson, mentioned him, of course, third rounder. Beats Matt Ryan, number two overall pick. Beats Jared Goff, number one overall pick. If it's all about the Super Bowl, and yes, I get that's the ultimate goal, but you have to kind of position yourself to have the best chance. And the top five quarterback over the last 30 years, it's still your best shot. You've got a more than 50% chance of finding a quarterback who at least plays at a Pro Bowl level from the top five. That drops dramatically after the top from six and beyond, drops even more into the second round. Yeah. I think the thing is you look at these guys and see they had success, but they, they're the outliers. Literally, if you pick a second-round quarterback, you know what your chances are of that guy being a Pro Bowler? What? 12.5% in the sample size dating back to 1990. And I think that's something that maybe we haven't said every time we've talked about it, but we should say, I guess, is trading three first-round picks, getting a quarterback in the first round, whether it's at 32 or number one, you're not guaranteed it. No. But you you, you do have a higher chance of success. And when you're talking about the most important position in sports— and you have that 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 much higher of a success rate. And also, it's not a random chance. 
if you love the guy and you're convinced he's the guy and, and you you're do everything to, to help him, boom. you build your offense around him. You don't jam the square peg into the round hole. Of course, this comes back to our case point. Right. Then you should then that percent chance of whatever it is should increase because he's a guy. It's not just a random, you know, it's selection. So I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm okay with taking the risk because it, it ensures, it, it at least gets you closer to ensuring he's the guy. Well, and it's like you buy a lottery ticket. The more expensive the lottery ticket is, the better your odds are of hitting the jackpot. Right, exactly, exactly. A sixth round pick you know, people love Gardner Minshew right now, mm-hmm. who just got benched. They love Tom Brady, but there are many, many, many more Spurgeon wins. Can't believe I mentioned him twice in a podcast now. <laughs> many, many more Spurgeon wins than there are Tom Brady's. Tom Brady is the unicorn. Spurgeon wins. Look at that, guys. I got to tell you what I have loved hearing from all of the new subscribers. I've got a few guys reaching out to me on Twitter and ladies over the past few days. And you guys just on this very pod, I have loved it. And Mace, we want you guys, more of you guys, to join our fam. And now is the time to do it because we got a competition going on between us three, but also between the entire DNVR community. Broncos going against the Nuggets. That's really the two main competitors right now. And we need your help. We pulled close but the Broncos bye week brought us a little back behind them, so we need a big push. Now the Drew Locks practicing. We need your guys' help. So how can you help us? Well, join our family and become a member of the DNVR community. Use the code Zach, Z-A-C, Mace, M-A-S-E, or you can even use the code R-K. But really, why don't you just use one of our codes, join the fam, reach out to us uh, on Twitter, and also leave us a comment. We want to say hi to you guys, and what do you get? You get all of our coverage. You get the exclusive rights to leave comments and questions on this podcast. You get to join our family. You get the coverage of all of the other teams and you even get a free shirt of your choice. So make sure you become a DNVR family member. Join us and use that code Zach, Z-A-C, or Mace, M-A-S-E, and let us know that you did so we can we can give you a big, warm welcome. All and right. you know what? We're really close, by the way. We are. On this to the Team Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. We are. We've, we're closing the gap here. And, it's because and again, guys- the Nuggets... Hey, you know what? They're leading the West. They're doing great. It's their <laughs> moment. The Broncos, they're probably head toward their third consecutive non-winning season, even if they do manage to somehow go 5-2 and two the rest of the way and finish 8-8. Eight and eight. But again, if you sign up with the code Zach, Mace, or RK, you establish the primacy of Broncos country once again. Because if... The Broncos went out in a bad season. <laughs> what can they do in a good one? And let's it says just, a lot about your loyalty to your team. Man, Mace is throwing his hands everywhere. He's excited. Let's continue to ride that excitement. I can only imagine how excited he's going to be if we win this. So make sure you do that. And guys, the time is running out on this. So please, please, please help us get this soon. And also... You guys know how supporting local businesses is in our blood, and that's why we really want you to join our team. Well, 
That's why we're really excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. And it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And guess what? Snow is coming. And we've already had a taste of it. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades. And we even witnessed machines that cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. Remember... Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNVR. So be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them today at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. That's drcfirst.com slash dnvr and make sure you tell them who sent you. By the way, are you following this thing with Geno Smith's coin toss call? No. Okay. Apparently now it's an, it's become another Yanny and Laurel thing. <laughs> Do you hear heads or tails? Mm. The official says heads after Geno Smith says it. I hear heads, but I hear him saying it in kind of a Southern way where you turn the heads into heads and there's a little <laughs> bit of get toward kind of a, a long A. Uh-huh. And I don't hear a sharp T sound at the start of his word, but there are some people who are hearing tales. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to listen now. Is it? Did is there controversy? Did Geno Smith say he said the other one? No, I think okay. Is, people are like, okay. okay, what did he hear? Because the coin toss came up heads. The Seahawks won. Hearing it in real time last night, I heard heads. I've listened to it uh, just now. I'm hearing heads over and over again. <laughs> Our Slack channel. You've got. Some people insisting tail or tails. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I'm gonna have to listen today and report tomorrow. Yeah, we. I mean, it's we gonna die. Saying... This is one of those things that's gonna go away by tomorrow. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta make a claim today. Here. But I hear heads. I hear. I hear head. That's what I hear. I'll, like I'll, that. I'll He's from. Yeah, born in Georgia, so he would say it with a southern inflection, all likelihood. I'll listen while we go through these comments. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. My homeless. Hey guys, short comment today, but all I wanted to say is that I was really impressed with Taylor Lewan's brief rant about his holding calls. I respect his accountability as someone who can acknowledge his mistakes rather than bowls. Both have been struggling so far, but man, would I rather have Lewan right now. Anyways, I hope we draft one of these top O-line guys. They have a better mindset. As always, take care and go Broncos. We addressed that earlier. Agree completely. I completely agree. Next one from Iceman. Hey, boys. Glass half empty. Old fart here. You three in the DNVR family and the Broncos country should get a chuckle out of this comment, especially Mace. AFC West teams win and loss. Chiefs, 6-4. and four. Raiders, 5-4. and four. The Chargers, 4-6. and six. Denver, 3-6. and six. With seven games to go, only being two losses behind KC and Las Vegas, your Denver Broncos are not well off, but they are still alive for the sixth place wild card slot and even to win the AFC West and host a wild card game in January. 
Consider this. After the Broncos' 0-4 start, in their last five games, they've gone 3-2, and like Vegas, like Las Vegas, and better than KC and San Diego have gone 2-3. and With KC and San Diego starting to lose games after their hot starts, the AFC, is, the AFC West is now wide open. You need proof? With Mahomes starting for KC, they still lost to the Titans. The team Denver shut out 16-0. Just remember, defense wins Lombardi's. Go Broncos! <laughs> I love Defense the is wing championships, but offenses get you in position to wing championships because they get you in the playoffs. Yep, yeah, it's it's true. And Iceman, I love your uh, I love your optimism. I salute your optimism, and that's I think how the Broncos are viewing this too. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't it be something if they did? You uh, never yeah. know. So anyway, got another one from our good friend. Good yes, friend. the Big Tabowski loyalty. First of all, my apologies to Broncos country for my lengthy introduction earlier. Not sure why I felt that necessary. On to my first serious suggestion. I love the NFL, but as I see various political leaders across the globe corruptly using politics for their own personal gain, it left me analyzing things and how to make things better. And my gaze has switched to the NFL. I love this league and this sport, but the one thing that annoys me, especially since the last CBA, is how the emphasis has switched onto players rather than teams. They now look for the most money and rarely give a hometown discount, as has been discussed on the pod. They have become mercenaries, and quite frankly, who can blame them? We buy players' jerseys and then get miffed when they leave. It makes it harder to root for individuals, and I was wondering how that could change. So with that in mind, what do you think about my suggestion that the league pays a percentage of a player's salary if they sign for the team that drafted them or who initially signed them? Or maybe just a part of their salary doesn't affect the cap. It would mean that players like Vaughn and Chris Harris are more likely to stay in Denver. I can elaborate more on this as I've thought about it a lot over the last year or two, but would love to know your opinions on this. Am I missing something? Why wouldn't it work? Thanks, guys. Sounds like you just talked about the NBA mm. with all manner of exemptions and so forth. Yep. The, the NFL salary cap situation is pretty easy to figure out. The NBA, admittedly, I am not an everyday follower of the NBA. I'm more of a college basketball fan. But when I try to keep up with the salary cap gymnastics of it, it loses me a little bit with all these mid-level exemptions and so forth. The NFL cap is what they call a hard cap, and it's more clear-cut. I'm not certain this is the way to go, and certainly you've got a lot of owners of smaller to mid-market teams who would scream bloody murder if this were the case because they don't have the revenue streams to keep up with a team like, say, Dallas or the Rams. Mm-hmm. or the Giants, teams in big markets that basically print money. Well, and how about this, the Big Tabowski? I, I totally understand where you're coming from, and I like the creativity, but this would really benefit teams that draft well, and the Broncos aren't one of those teams, so it would probably really hurt the Broncos since you get the advantages of players that you draft. Now, the Broncos would get the, an advantage with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and Cortland Sutton, but there would be a huge window of players that the Broncos wouldn't have that advantage with, and they're probably sitting in a worse spot now and moving forward. So, Next one coming in from, oh boy, got a few long ones, from Dan Burke. I'm going to have to disagree with you, Mace, on your sell the farm for Burrow take. History has shown us that regardless of which quarterback is out there, they need protection, which is why I'm 100% for taking offensive line with the first round and the second round and with at least one of the third round picks. Look at this year. Mayfield and Goff are struggling because of bad offensive line play compared to what they had last year. Rosen has never had a proper evaluation because he played behind two horrible offensive lines. Scheme didn't help him either. Remember the first years with Mike McCoy. 
On the flip side, Jacoby Brissett and Mason Rudolph, both who are backups coming into this season, have looked good behind great offensive lines. To me, it doesn't matter who you throw out there if the line struggles in pass protection. Colts O-line is struggling right now, actually, especially on the right side. It's interesting because over at left tackle, Anthony Costanzo is the guy you might be able to get a couple of years out of if he hits the market, if he's due to be a free agent in the spring. And, of course, Quentin Nelson is over on that left side at guard. But the, the right side is struggling, and it was leaking against the Dolphins on Sunday. It, cer- it certainly was. And don't forget, who made the Steelers' offensive line into what it is? Mike Munchak. Yep. So what I'm saying is this. You give Munchak enough time. He's going to build an outstanding offensive line. And remember, you got some parts on that offensive line that were not high draft picks. Alejandro Villanueva, for example, was undrafted in a former tight end. Yep. You just got to give him time. Now, yeah, I would sell the farm as far as first-round picks for move for Joe Burrow, move up and get him. But then, with the picks I've got left, with the free agency capital that I've got because I'm, I've got a quarterback on a rookie contract, I'm going O-line, O-line, O-line. Yep. I think I can still get that that great wall of Denver without a first-round pick. Right, right. Next one coming in from Bronco Matt. Hey, Zach and Mace. Does RK still work here? So with Locke practicing, what are the odds he returns? Because Vic made no commitment. The way Elway handles his team has pushed me to the point of apathy. It's almost like Elway is intentionally trying to destroy this team. I'm still on my stance. I'm still on my stance. Locke will never play a snap for the Broncos. Also, Mace Unchained. Love that take on Mile High Report. It's it's nice to hear your real opinion. Have a great Tuesday. Yeah, I joined my friends uh, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati over at Mile High Report. I come on from time to time. This goes back to the Orange and Blue 760 days. And it was a candid conversation. I was actually <laughs> sitting on the sofa in the basement here, just relaxing, <laughs> talking Broncos. But it was a lot of fun to do that. And uh, yeah, I I like being able to share my real opinion. I, I love Mace Unchained and killing us with facts. Yes. <laughs> Minnesota Paul. Hey, DNVR fam. Welcome to Minnesota Week. Who will be in town for the game? Any interest in a beer or six? What works best, Friday night or tailgating? The last time the Broncos came to Minnesota, I witnessed some Tebow mania firsthand. I remember it well. (laughs) Vikings rookie quarterback Christian Ponder set a franchise rookie record as he torched Andre Goodman all game long. In typical Tebow team fashion, Goodman picks off Ponder in the fourth quarter to set up the game-winning score. I'm hoping for some Brandon Allen magic this weekend, even if it costs us a couple of draft spots. Well, I'll be in town... I'm coming in pretty late on Saturday, so let me know where you'll be on Sunday tailgating. I'll try and drop by. It might be a little bit tight with that noon kickoff local time. Ugh, can't stand those <laughs> noon kickoffs. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, see if we can make it work. Otherwise, I can catch up with you uh, in the stadium. That 2011 game between the Broncos and Vikings, the other thing I remember is that was the rise of Demarius Thomas. He went off in that second half. Mm. And something happened at halftime. The Broncos were getting drilled. They looked awful. Minnesota was clearly cluing, cluing in on the zone read. So the Broncos come out for the second half in an I formation with Tebow. And they start, you know, basically doing some play action. And it's play action and go deep. And Demarius Thomas was there to catch the deep balls. <laughs> that game is what introduced us to the potential of what number 88 could bring to this offense. And... Really, the end of that season is why I always said that Demarius Thomas was not a Peyton Manning creation. He'd already shown those elite flashes with a 46% completion percentage passer, 
getting him the ball. And what was it the very, was it the time before that game when they played in Minnesota that, speaking of another good receiver, Randy Moss tossed the ball over his head? Yes. <laughs> that was just incredible. So he tossed good- the ball over his head. That was in um, 2003. Mm. There have been some memorable games they really, they really in happened. Minnesota Maybe over the years for, for the one. Broncos. Maybe we're due for one on, on uh, Sunday. Next one. Oh, next it's one me. for you. Count Lockula. McGlinchey got bested by Clowney. Minka Fitzpatrick is playing out of his mind. Who will be our next free agent stud or trade that can bring a fire to this defense? Your favorites, please, gents. I think we need one more Cream Jackson and 21 more Janos, and we will be all right. <laughs> Frankly, I think the best play in free agency is to keep who you got. That means find a way to keep Chris Harris Jr., mend those fences, and keep Justin Simmons. I They're agree. better fits than anybody on the market this year. I agree. I completely agree with both of those, Mace. Next one coming in from Junior Pancake or JR Pancake? Junior Pancake, right? Yeah, Little Pancake. <laughs> Hello from Football City, USA. Been listening since May and finally pulled the trigger and subscribed in August. Unfortunately, it took me until this past Friday to finally find out where to post comments. I don't have a question for y'all today, but wanted to share a story with everyone. Before we get to his story, how you share a comment is you go to the DNVR.com. You have to be a member with us and you go to the most recent podcast that we posted so there's a podcast tab up there click on that then go to broncos podcast it'll be the one at the very top make sure it's just the broncos pod click on that then you'll scroll down to close to the bottom of the post and then the comment section will pop up you got to give it a few seconds for it to load but then then that's where you leave your comment i know we've had some confusion so thanks junior pancake for reminding me to tell you when i so back to his story when i started listening y'all were asking how everyone became a fan of the broncos well i feel my story is one of destiny when i was a kid my grandfather used to take us grandkids to the arcade and putt-putt place in north myrtle beach south carolina during the summer i had been there many times and had been saving my ticket to cash in for a top tier prize well on that fateful day i walked up to the ticket counter to cash in my mountain of tickets but noticed something different there were loads of these plush footballs in a variety of different color schemes that i had never seen before I had no intention of using my ticket for one of these, but I just couldn't stop looking at this one football. It was the most beautiful orange and blue I had ever seen. I could not leave that arcade without it. So I put all of my tickets toward it and and a Chinese finger trap. I love this football, even displaying it in my room where we could all see. Come that October, my aunt, ironically Raiders fan, asked if I had a favorite NFL team. Eight-year-old me had no answer, but I dawned upon, but it dawned upon me that the orange and blue football I loved so much had a team logo on it. So I quickly ran to my room and looked at the football. There, under a horse head logo, it read the words Denver Broncos. I ran back to my aunt and said emphatically, I like the Denver Broncos. She laughed and said, oh no, not them. I shrugged it off and said, nope, this is my team. That Christmas, I got my first Broncos merchandise, a blue Terrell Davis jersey. Now, fast forward 20 years, I still have that football, jersey, and the same enthusiasm for the Denver Broncos I did at eight years old. Thanks for hanging around from that long story. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Man, we love hearing that story. Great what a story, Junior vignette. I'll tell you, now, if you'd followed your aunt and become a Raiders <laughs> fan, the last couple of decades from a football perspective would have sucked diddly yucked. Talk about a truly living in a world of suck. Yes. <laughs> it's been rough the last few years, but it's mostly been good. Yes. So, R.D. Dollywall. Hey, boys, doing a great job keeping the podcast fresh during the bye week. I didn't want you guys to forget me, so I'm just checking in. Just a couple of fun questions. Number one, favorite Indian food. 
Number two, what is the most useless talent you have? Mace, don't know if my opinion matters, but I can't remember a time when you weren't part of the podcast. You've done a great job of keeping the vibe and chemistry with the boys the same as before. Very smooth transaction. Thank you, Mace. You're welcome. Favorite Indian food, man. Um, I'm not really a fan of Indian food in general. Um, I did have this mango chutney spread that was amazing, though. I'm not really sure if it qualifies Indian food. Certainly has Indian influences on it. So I would say that's my favorite. In- Indian food for some reason never clicked with me. Maybe it's because, well, I know you haven't lived in Denver your whole life. I do not feel like there's a big Indian food presence in Denver at all. Growing up, never surrounded by it. Friends never had it. Uh, my family never really had it. But I have just started get it started getting into. Uh, curry not making it home but buying a sauce and grill up some vegetables Uh and rice and dump it on there i love it good but i can't say that my experience with indian food is vast and the most useless talent i have is being able to go through a bronco schedule in the past 17 (laughs) years and recite it from memory oh man maze we're running low on time but tomorrow i'm gonna randomly pull out a schedule for you to touch on man maybe the most useless talent i have is i can bend my thumb in a way it probably shouldn't be. Ah! <laughs> oh. And that's pretty useless right there. But I hope you didn't find this podcast useless. Well, first of all, before you go, heads or tails, what did you hear from Geno Smith? I think you described it perfectly. Why Why maybe someone could hear something else but heads. I mean, it, it's the... It's it sounds the like he says, head. Head, yeah. Like that. Yeah. To me. The I soft sound at the beginning of the word up to a little bit of that long A in there. Again, the way you'd hear somebody from the South say it. I still don't know how that could be heard as tails, though. Because I don't hear the hard T, but there are some people who are swearing they hear tails. The official who's right there, and by the way, probably had the best ear on this whole thing because he's closer than the boom mic was, I would presume immediately says heads, no doubt. The other thing is you don't hear the 49er player objecting. Remember the Phil Luckett coin toss back in 1998, Lions-Steelers Thanksgiving Day, and immediately Jerome Bettis starts complaining. There's (laughs) no objection there. That's why this is heads. Heads. (laughs) And by the way, it's Laurel, not Yanny. I don't remember what I even heard on that one. They say that younger ears heard Yanny. Older ears heard Laurel. Really? I never heard an explanation for that. That would make sense. It has to do with the the kind of frequencies that your ear Ah. picks up as you get older. So I wonder what a dog would hear. I don't know. (laughs) The other other thing, you remember the brainstorm green needle thing? No. Like it was a, a, a speaker and it said brainstorm or green needle well i could also hear brain needle and green <laughs> but you can't hear but yes tail heads, heads on it, this geno smith flat earth enthusiast potentially said heads <laughs> and with that i think we actually ended the podcast with some useful information for your day you can go argue heads or tails laurel yanny what is it gold or white dress gold or black dress Gold, white, or uh, black and blue. You really need all of these. It's obviously gold and white. 
I think I think so. I think you're right. It's in a shadow. That's why people confuse it for being black and blue. <laughs> I never understand the science to any of these. Good thing I have you, mates, and I'm so happy that I got to roll with you today. And uh, you need this it, all this useless information to get you through a Tuesday. Drew Locke will be on the practice field today, so make sure you tune in to thednvr.com for all of your latest updates on Drew and the Broncos. And Mace and I will be back rolling with you tomorrow. Have a fantastic Tuesday. business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Ann and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me as my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver. It's getting me down, waiting up for you.